0: Welcome to the Feminist Radical Podcast. I am your hostess with the mostest coffee addiction, Ashley Ray, and it is awesome to have you here. Before we go any further, of course, though, it's important that we take a moment to acknowledge the First Nations people on whose land each of us is upon today. For me, it is the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to their elders past, present, and emerging, and extend that to their families and kin. I acknowledge their deep, ongoing connection to country and all of its waterways, and acknowledge that this land was never seed Alright, are you ready to jump into some amazing content today? Because I've got a Ripper episode planned for you. Remember that on this podcast we talk about things that are taboo and possibly make us a bit uncomfortable and can be a bit triggering. So remember to take care of your emotional health and well-being throughout this episode and if you need to take breaks or stop listening, please do so. Also a reminder that this content is not necessarily appropriate for small ears that might be trying to get a bit of a insight into what the grown-ups are doing. Okay, I can't wait for you to get into this episode with me, and if you want to connect on social media, please do. All of the links, as always, are in the show notes. Darlings, Ashley here. Now, this episode is something I've been looking forward to sharing with you for a little while, and I just want to preempt you a little bit and give you a heads up about what's going to happen for the next hour of your life. A little bit less, but you know. Uh, I have a good friend of mine with me on this episode. His name is Stuart Grimley. Now, Stuart is a sitting Member of Parliament or MP in Victoria. He is a member of the Upper House. And the political party that he belongs to is the Derren Hinch Justice Party. Now, to give you a little bit of context, I've been involved with this party for about 18 months now. We've done some work behind the scenes on advocacy and getting changes made to the system, which included working on the Let Us Speak campaign and also in reforming the Victims of Crime Tribunal service that the state has. So I thought it would be really interesting to sit down and talk to a Member of Parliament and ask them a couple of questions about, you know, what is life like when you're a politician and. Is that something we just never hear about? Like, I never hear Daniel Andrews talking about what it's like rocking up to Parliament House and what his first day as an MP was like, that kind of stuff. So I thought that would just be a really interesting insight and a bit of a new dimension that we could add to our minds when we think about politics and how people come to be in politics Anyway, I hope you enjoy this. If you do, um, you can find Stuart on social media. He's on Twitter. He's on Facebook. Or you can follow the Darren Hinch Justice Party Facebook page. Um, Darren is also on Twitter at Human Headline. Um, You can also connect with me. Yeah, I'm on the socials. I'm on TikTok mostly and Twitter. All right, let's get into today's content because it's Jose. I have with me here Stuart Grimley, MP from the Victorian Parliament. How are you, Stuart? Hi, Ashley. How are you going? I'm very excited to finally get to talk to you about your job because I've had so many questions about what MPs do. I think a lot of people have over the last two years for various reasons. Yeah. And I'm very excited to be able to ask you about your job. So can you please tell us who you are and and I guess, what your electorate is, a little bit about what you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I am the um, member for Western Victoria, a member of the Upper House in Parliament, which is a legislative council. So there's two houses in Parliament. You've got the lower house, which is the assembly, and the Upper House, which is a council. And the legislative council is basically a house of review. So we review all of the, uh, the bills that come through in the legislation that the government puts forward. Uh, and we sort of, you know, tick them off or propose amendments as to how we see fit. That's primarily the role of a of an upper house MP. And and Western Victoria is um, is a massive electorate. It's um, around eighty thousand square kilometres. Um, has around twenty four councils, um, and has around nearly half a million uh, registered voters. So. It's a lot you're of people re- yeah. and a
0: lot of space
1: you're representing a lot of people and you have to cover a lot of space and that can go from also places like melton geelong um torquay which is where i am now in my office um in the electorate office all the way up to Warwick Bill, neil um, up north and to the south australian border and all along the coast so it's a huge space That's to deal with
0: enormous
1: yeah yeah it is and it's um Bit of a task trying to get around to see everybody, but um, I think we, we do the best we can and we manage it quite well.
0: I'm just thinking, like, the variety of communities you have in that electorate, too, makes for a really, really interesting mix of people that you're representing.
1: Yeah, so we have, like I said, we can be in Melton, uh, which has its own sort of uh, individual needs and wants, and then you go out to the farming areas out, um, you know, out in the bush, and they've got completely different needs and wants. So, and that's very yeah, different,
0: again, from where your office is, right? Exactly. Torquay
1: <laughs> in itself is completely different. <laughs> so it's, um, it's a matter of going out and talking to people. And, yeah, I see my role as an MP as acting as a, a conduit or a, chale- a channel between, you know, constituents, councils, organisations and the government. So it's, you know, their way of trying to get um, to the government to speak to them and ask some questions and get some answers and, yeah sometimes <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes.
0: <laughs> so i've got to ask this question because i think a lot of people get a bit a bit overwhelmed when they think about talking to members of parliament and they're like oh my god they're high and mighty people and i can't talk to them um how did you become an mp i mean we all know that there's an election process but how do you get to that point where it's you're a, like a, yeah i'm going to yeah. do this
1: it's a really good question actually and it's something that um when I thought about it at the time I was a police officer and um, I thought that question myself was, I thought, how do you become an MP? Like, how does it how does it work? And, you know, if it's something that I'm interested in looking at, what do you do? So I did what all people do nowadays is you go to Google and you type in Google and try to work out, you know, what what can I do to become a member of Parliament? And there's not much information there um, about, about that. So I just... Um, I did what I thought was the right thing and I contacted Darren Hinch um, who at the time just announced his party, the Darren Hinch's Justice Party Um, and I thought, oh, I'll contact Darren and I'll I'll just let him know who I am and that um, I've got a bit of experience in the justice industry and justice areas and I think I might have a few ideas and thoughts that I could help him with. And um, he, de- he decided that he wanted to catch up and meet me. So we met at a cafe just prior to the 20, 000, uh, 2016 election. And um, he was um, yeah, suitably impressed with what I had to say. And he asked if I wanted to be his running mate for that election, um, which was quite an honour, um, a big honour, which um, I took on board, knowing that the chances of me being elected would be quite slim and... Um, But I thought that Darren would have a very good chance. And as history shows, he did and he got up during that election. But um, unfortunately, I missed out. But uh, what I did do is I stayed in touch with the party and I kept volunteering and offering my services whilst I was working, Um, became involved in the party that way. and um, And Darren said, when the state election comes around in 2018, I want you to be a lead candidate for them election in victoria so i said that'll be fantastic so i did that and the rest is history here i am yeah so that's that's the role that's the role of the path to an mp
0: that's fascinating so i think can you tell us a bit about the justice party for people it is a small party and not everyone has heard of it i i spoke to someone from the aec recently who had never heard of it and i was like it's registered like search your system
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's really strange They I haven't heard of it, the AEC, which is quite concerning, but uh, we are definitely registered. Um, yeah, so we are a minor party. Um, we're always seeking membership. So if anybody wants to sign up, it's a free membership to sign up for the Darren Inches Justice Party, um, which, is a, which is a small plug there. Most people would know Darren um, through his journalism, um, through 3RW and TV. Uh, He's also been in a few movies, etc. And his passion and advocacy for, for um, you know, protecting children, especially um, you know, children that have been exposed to sexual um, offences, is 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 one key issue of the party. So, yeah, he's a strong advocate for um, naming and naming and shaming. I suppose is what he's known for. Um, You know, high-profile paedophiles. and uh, in the past and he has actually gone to jail twice for for naming um certain people uh, which is you know by his own admission um something that he doesn't really advocate for in terms of breaking the law but uh, he thought it was something that to to protect kids um, and families that that he thought that that was the right thing to do and um, as it turned out, one of the, um, the priests that he, that he outed as a, as a child sex offender um, actually went on to commit further crimes against children um, during the time when Darren was being sentenced to jail. So how's the irony there um, in, in that in itself? Um, it's just yeah, very you know, frustrating, um, but it's something that he's just so passionate about and I'm very passionate about myself. Um, and it's very you know, hard-pressed to find somebody who's not not you know, an advocate for, for protecting children. Um, and we, we'd all do our, what we think is the best thing and the right thing to do to, to do that, to protect our kids.
0: I think that's half the reason I asked you to do this interview with me because of all the MPs and all the parties, you guys do a lot of behind-the-scenes work that no one ever knows about to support victims of violent Mm -hmm. crime, not just in terms of sexual assault, but anything. So Mm -hmm. you guys do a lot of advocacy and work behind the scenes to connect people with services and just different things to help people navigate the justice system, even just in providing information and feeling like you have um, someone in government that is listening to you Mm -hmm. when no one else, when it feels like no one else is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, thanks Ashley, thank you for that. Um, yeah, because we do, I'm a, I'm a former police officer, I worked for two years in the sexual offences unit, child abuse unit um, at Footscray, so I know a lot about the justice system, how it operates, um, and I know how, how often um, you know, survivors of crimes and victims of crimes are left behind and, uh, and are uh, bewildered by the system and, and often left wondering and have so many questions so I'm more, always more than happy for people to contact our office and I can just quite often just hear, hear the, the issues and the stories and just direct them, like you said, to certain services or people that can help. Um, and sometimes it's just people just wanting to know if what's happening to them is how it should happen or if something's gone wrong or, you know, they're just not sure. They just want to be heard and, and ask questions. And, yeah, you're, it's a thankless. I don't do it for any thanks or recognition. I do it to help people. Um, you know, we don't we don't advertise. Like you said, we do a lot of work behind the scenes that people don't know about, which is great because I'm I'm here to you know see that justice is served in a lot of ways, and that could be as small as listening to someone who's a victim of crime, to as big as changing legislation in Parliament um, that helps victims of crime um, through the process or helps them achieve justice, whatever they may perceive that to be. Uh, because as, you know, as as you know, as a victim of crime and um, in, in a, in a you know, very traumatic and massive way um, compared to someone whose house has being burgled, um, there they still have an impact on people's lives, you know, and they're still being forced. Victims of crime, they don't have a choice. You're forced into that. Um, by you know, another person that that's not um, anyone's choosing who would want to choose to be a victim of crime you' you're forced into that it's role definitely
0: not something
1: no chosen <laughs> no absolutely not and so therefore everything all the services all the provisions everything should be geared towards a victim of, of a crime we should be doing all we can to support them through the whole process um, that's that's the number one for me the, that that is the number one. Um, offender rehabilitation, imprisonment, uh, those, those types of things come second to supporting victims of crime and making sure that they're going to get their lives back on track.
0: And that's a really big problem with the system and how it currently is, is that it does not do that. It drives it in harder, I think,
1: makes it mm. worse.
0: But I appreciate that because it's not just... You who's got all of this experience. It's the team, and Tanya as well has her own experiences working with people. So it's really a party made up of experts.
1: Yeah, with lived experience, lived experience, right? and professional
0: yeah. experience. Like yeah. it's it's which is hard to find mm. in politics.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Tanya. Well, yeah, Tanya started the Enough is Enough campaign as well, and you know, many many years ago, and she's been a massive advocate you know for a long long time and it's so good to see yeah you're right people like that in parliament um, who can talk with some credibility um, and you know as opposed to I suppose a career politician or someone who's worked their way through the ranks of a political staffer um, we're a little bit different in that way we we come from a background where we we've seen a lot uh, we've done a lot um, we don't profess to to know a lot But uh, we can often, you know, find those answers out for people uh, in the meantime.
0: But I think that also lends, again, to the credibility and why victims of crime will reach out to talk to you. Mm. And it makes a huge difference as well. Um, I wanted to ask about, okay, so the first time that you were elected into office, what's the first day like as an MP when you're like, yeah, I'm in office? What is that like? Like, do you, do you just, like, rock up to Parliament House and you're like, hey, I'm here?
1: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so the first the first, um, first, day or two is just a whirlwind. You know, you're, you're learning curves just straight upwards. Um, it's a completely new environment, completely new role. Uh, you, you have to learn, you know, simple things like, you know, where to go, you know, where are all your meetings held, where is the chamber, um, how do, where do people sit. And the, the Chamber itself um, has its own um, sort of rules and regulations in that particular Chamber as to when you can speak and what you, what you sort of can and can't say and um, points of order and all your standing orders that operate during a sitting, a period of sitting, um, the questions that you, you can ask at certain times, um, how long you can speak for, there's just so many, such a lot of information to take in. And you know, it takes a lot to, you know, I'm, this is my third year now and I'm still learning. Um, and I'll, yeah, I'll keep learning forever and a day, no doubt. But it is, it's, it's quite daunting. But I'll tell you what, when you're sitting there and you, you, know, you have time to sort of reflect and you're looking around inside that magnificent building of Parliament, which I'm not too sure if people have seen, but it's just an incredible it's beautiful. building. beautiful. Oh, it's amazing! And you look at the the architecture in there, and the, and you just you feel the history, um, and it's it's quite can be quite overwhelming. And you just think how important a role that you have, and how honoured you are of being you know placed in that in that situation of you know in history. I suppose it's it's a real it's a real honour.
0: It's a beautiful building, and it's very interesting because you've got this very old building, and then there's this new part that you don't see from spring street or like is it on spring Mm. street yeah one like you don't see it from the front Mm. but then out the back you've got this beautiful new modern it with i've been in there a few times now and all i like there's just kitchenettes everywhere yes
1: yeah (laughs) that's that's the new the new annex part which is where our parliament office is we're pretty lucky i suppose to be in that new area i know a lot of when you go to some of the ministers' offices, um, they often tell the the other stories to how they were, you know, their offices were in quite a cold, dark sort of place in the in the old parliament. Um and uh, you think, geez, it's and they were there for a lot of years, by the way. Um and it's only till recently that they've just gone into a bit, you know, bigger digs and they see our offices, our new ones, and they go, geez, these are really nice new offices. And they are they're, they're very big- good. <laughs> <laughs> They're beautiful. They are beautiful. And um I have a nice little well, look overlook the you know, the gardens there. It's quite quite pleasant, quite nice. Um and yeah, but yeah, you know, there are plenty of little hidey holes and tunnels and all sorts of things. There's
0: lots of little places like that. I there's lots of nooks and crannies. And mm-hmm. what's fascinating is there's a lot of spaces where the public can go and what's what I find is that the public don't go unless they're kind of mandated to, like it's a school excursion. Mm. But it's fascinating because I'm a nerd to watch this in action and see I've been in parliament with you and uh, Tanya when you've spoken and, and and watched everyone else speak. And it's fascinating to watch how democracy happens every day. And yeah. it can be really boring. You can be talking about yeah. fishing licences. Yeah. <laughs> or it can be as exciting as well, I don't know if exciting is the right word, but it can be as let's go with heightened as the pandemic
1: bill. <laughs> mm, yeah right don't don't you're triggering me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it varies like you get that 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 enormous variety of what's going on on any given day or you can be talking about fishing licenses and then like randomly you'll be you'll have this really fascinating, Issue that comes up that turns into something bigger, and yeah, it's it's wonderful to kind of witness that and to have the ability. Hopefully, I'm not sure what the I'm not sure what the rules are now, but as a member of the public, to be able to just go in there and witness that, like to see democracy in action,
1: is very yeah. cool. It is, and I think they're just I think they'll be opening up this when they return in February um, back to public tours and schools and things, which would be really good. Um, yeah, and I'd encourage anyone if they haven't been to have a look inside. It's well worth it. There's The history there is just amazing.
0: Plus, it's just like a really pretty building.
1: It is. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, every, the every upper house is the prettier there.
0: room to me because I love the color red. So yeah. Oh,
1: the it is beautiful. The seats are a bit uncomfortable, though, mind you. They're, they
0: are. They're you know, really out, not. Good. They're
1: really uncomfortable seats, and um, we found that out especially with the pandemic bill, um, which went for twenty five hours debate. You know, four o'clock in the morning, you're sitting there and you're thinking. This is just really uncomfortable. Um, so I just used to, I just go for a walk around the gardens, you know, and, which is quite nice. Luckily it was a nice mild night that night. Yeah. quite nice.
0: I don't know. I, th- I have to say, I don't know how you guys did that because we were watching and we tuned in and then at, at times we had to like log off because we we're like, oh, we need a break. <laughs> we really need a break from this. And you kept going and like, we're like, we went to bed and you guys were still going and we're like far out. The staffers yeah. and everyone, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gl- I'm glad that's not the norm, but mm, yes. whew,
1: I hope you all yeah. got a good sleep afterwards. Oh, I think I'm still catching up, actually. Um, yeah, Ash, I'm still trying to <laughs> get that get that eight, oh, God, whatever it was that we missed out on. Um, but I'll tell you what, the Attorney General did a good job. Like, she was on her feet for pretty much all of that and um, out- answering questions. She did. So, I have to yeah. say she
0: held herself with enormous composure given yeah. that she's what the only representative from the government in the upper house
1: yeah that was answering questions i think she might from have everyone yeah one or two breaks um you know that were only a few minutes long and uh, we had a yeah 15 minute break at one stage but no kudos to her she did she did very well she answered questions respectfully and she was amazing books. in
0: that respect because i yep. think after like 2 hours i would have cracked and started screaming
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'll be probably the same too <laughs> very very you know oh my god let's yeah let's move on <laughs> but no exactly. she was very good very patient
0: yeah so i want to ask about like what are the things about being an mp that the public don't know about that are really cool like like do you get really good coffee or tea or like really nice snacks like are there is there something that's that's a bit fun
1: yeah i suppose um it's the strangest thing, you know, yeah, the, the coffee is, is um, yeah, quite nice. They have a nice, um, when we used to have functions and events at the Parliament, it was really good because you ha- you'd have a lot of celebrities and sporting people come and launch, you know, for instance, could be the Big Bash League or launch the AFL season or launch the Melbourne Cup Carnival, the Spring Carnival. So you'd have a lot of, uh, you know, dignitaries, I suppose, from those industries come to Parliament and you'd get to meet them Um, Which otherwise wouldn't have, I wouldn't be meeting them, that's for sure, in my role, unless they were being arrested or or something like that. But um, they. (laughs) This is the
0: part where Stuart tells us about all the celebrities he's been able to arrest. (laughs) (laughs) But
1: but it's good just to talk to them um, in an informal sort of way and and have a bit of a chat and, and just do things like, you know, hold the Melbourne Cup and hold the Sheffield Shield and hold the trophies that are being up for grabs and. You know, that's really nice, and I've got to say that the parliamentary beer there is a parliamentary beer which is like which its own is, brew, it is, yes, its own sort of dedicated brew. Um, it's that's very, I haven't, I haven't had it for a while because we haven't had any functions there for a while, but it is, it's a nice, nice brew. Um, and it's, it's a nice little um break, I suppose, from the, the grind of parliament and the. Um, you know the, uh, the pompous sort of ceremony of Parliament, where people can afterwards just let their hand out a bit and just have a bit of a relax, take the tie off, you know, and um, have a beer and have a yarn with somebody else who's outside of those um, those parliamentary walls.
0: That sounds awesome. Like, who doesn't want to be paid to meet interesting people?
1: Yeah, yeah. Very luck like, once again, you know, <laughs> you sort of you're standing there and you're having a beer and um and know, those
0: contacts whoever they are I'm assuming at some point even if you don't think it will come in handy
1: well yeah yeah you never know I might be knocking on their door for a job if I don't get re-elected uh, next year who knows but um hopefully not <laughs> hopefully not fingers crossed um but yeah, it's it's always good to I think it's always good just to you know hear other people's stories and how they got to where they are and what what they think the issues are with, with their particular industries because every industry and every person has a story as you know
0: and it's usually one that'll absolutely break your heart
1: yeah 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 absolutely um i, I was you know speaking with um well, one of them was gary rowan from the geelong cats he was at a um, at a function i was talking to him um and uh, yeah I, I sort of knew a bit of his background with um, you know losing a daughter um yeah you know, a few years prior to him coming to geelong and yeah, like like you said, that there are a lot of stories out there, a lot of sad stories, but um, on on the flip side, a lot of uplifting stories as well, and and so forth. And there's hopefully plenty more uplifting stories to come. Hopefully,
0: <laughs> fingers crossed. I mean, like I said, you you get to see so much. I mean, this leads into a really good point about how you deal with. You, you've got to listen to people from all over, and you're not going to agree with everyone, especially mm-hmm. your. You know, colleagues from other parties, but how do you deal with hearing from people that you don't necessarily agree with or people yeah, who perhaps have quite strong opinions?
1: Yeah, no, that's a very, very, very good question. And um, I suppose that helps with my background as a police officer and teacher as well, uh, that you, you're sort of used to listening to people from all walks of life and uh, from all opinions, and you develop. Um, that active listening skill of hearing a person's stories or complaints or issues or points of view and then trying to rephrase them or paraphrase them in your own way so that you understand where they're coming from in the first instance. Um, and then asking questions, you know, is another thing, trying to elaborate on their point of view or where they're coming from so you know exactly what angle it is that they're, that they're you know, taking. Um, and then I suppose in your own mind, um, telling them you know, what, what you sort of uh, believe the situation should be or, or so forth and try to find some common ground, which quite often you can find common ground, even with people who disagree with you. You can normally find a little bit of common ground. But at the end of the day, you really got to put your, your thoughts forward. You've got to stand by the way that you your convictions, the way that you vote in the chamber, you've got to stand by that. You, you have to explain it so that people understand. Uh, why you are voting certain ways and why you believe on certain things, absolutely you've got to explain yourself because if you don't, people will just assume that, uh, you know, you could be a bigot or you could be a racist or or a sexist or, you know, unless you explain yourself, um, then it gives the ability, the chance for people to assume things. So absolutely you've got to listen, um, talk to people, engage in conversation, be respectful and be respectful.
0: I think those are like really good just life lessons.
1: Yeah, I, I try to I try to <laughs> teach my kids this and I, I think they are. I hear that from other people, but uh, I'll tell you what, some of the conversations they have with their parents isn't very respectful, but I, I, I suppose <laughs> that's part of Parenting 101, you've got to, you've got to ride, ride, ride those waves.
0: <laughs> 100%. I wanted to also ask you about, okay, you're in Parliament, what's... What is an average day like being an MP like during a sitting week and when it's not a sitting week? Like, what are those two, what are those two days like? Because I feel like MPs are very mysterious people. Like, I don't know. Like, they just appear on the live stream for Parliament, and then outside of that, I don't know where they exist. Yeah, it's,
1: yeah, it's, it's another. It's a good point. Um, a good question. When you, um, being a Member of Parliament, I suppose, you've got to expect the unexpected. So there's no nine to five, there's no set agenda, there's no this is how your day is going to be, because it just changes. It changes all the time. You could have, um, you know, ABC or 3RW wanting to contact you for a comment on a particular bill. That could happen in the morning. So you've got to, you know, organise notes and and do a bit of research behind you know, the other questions that they're seeking, the answers that they're seeking. So you might have to do that on the run. You know, that, that could be something that happens at 7 o'clock in the morning, you even get a phone call. Um, so, yeah, Wolf, normally my day is Well my before days, coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, my day often starts, you know. Get up about 6 o'clock and, and just you just wait for the calls from then. If if nothing's sort of happening that morning, you make your way to Parliament only about 8, 8.30 um, and then just prepare for the day ahead and we normally get a, a running sheet as to how the day is going to progress from the the chamber itself you have a certain um, times when things are on it could be debating bills it could be question time it could be constituency questions so there are set times when these things do happen um, and we have opportunities to speak we have designated slots so we have to make sure that we have all of our notes prepared for those slots and ask the right questions so a lot of the morning's Um, spent preparing I suppose. Organising. Yeah organising and preparing for the day and that's where you rely heavily on your staff as well to help you you make sure everything's all ready right to go Um, and then during the day we we would often have many meetings be it with constituents or you know stakeholders we could be debating a bill to do with um, councils for instance so we might be meeting with um, one of the councils on Zoom about their concerns with a particular bill uh, and that could happen during the day while we're sitting. Um, so quite often when you see, when you look at the live stream and you think, geez, there's only four or five people sitting in there, it's because the rest of us are in our offices having meetings and talking. You know, we're still watching. You can still watch the the stream on, on your own TV in your office, which we do, and we have the sound there. And we know what's going on. But, yeah, we're in meetings. We're, we're talking. Um, and then you can still have a media commitment during the day. Channel 7 might say, I wouldn't mind getting a grab for you for... You know, something that you're putting up next week. You know, you could be putting up a bill yourself or a motion. Um, it's just a ongoing dynamic. You know, fly on the seat of your pants. Sort of it sounds
0: out. like it's a lot of talking to a lot of different people.
1: It is. It is, and I get. You know, I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that, that good with remembering people's um, names at the best of times, and quite often people come up to me and say, "Oh, g'day, how are you going?" You know. I'm, how, how how you, you know, how you been? It was good to catch up. You know I was thinking, oh my god, like I know I know this person. I know we met. <laughs> He's trying to recall their name. <laughs> oh, so it, it, it's it's a bit yeah, it's embarrassing, but um.
0: Oh, with the number of people that you meet though, during a week, it's gonna take time. Like unless you're seeing them repetitively, yeah, it's I, don't, I think that's an unreasonable thing. <laughs>
1: yeah it is, it is but i'm trying to do these you know, little exercises to remember people's names through word association so that's that's actually helping oh um, good
0: <laughs> you haven't lost your marbles yet
1: no not yet not yet and that, but that, so that's a sitting okay, and you honestly you're exhausted at the end of a sitting week because it's a lot yeah. of, it's just a lot of work and you know we could go um, from you know 7:30 in the morning and some sitting nights go past midnight you know, so it's a long day and a long night. Yeah, um,
0: it's long. Yeah, yeah. It's and very involved.
1: Your, your non-sitting days, I'll generally come here to talk in the office down in Torquay and, um, you know, just catch up with the other staff here and have more constituent meetings because there's people that always want to raise concerns. It's like, you know, it could be a traffic issue at the Torquay School or, you know, it could be um the Clifton Springs Boat Harbour, needs dredging, you know, so we'd catch up with people and hear those concerns and then we'll work out a plan to um, you know, to take that to the government and get that issue fixed. So it's it's a lot of work. A lot of work goes on behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, and I think you've made, there's two really interesting things there where it's, it's not just the work that you do as a party collectively when you're advocating for victims of crime. It's all of those other mm. things that they're just like those everyday kind of mundane, we need to do this because it's, blocking the traffic and no one can get through like it sounds really boring it's not sexy it's not sexy politics at all nah. <laughs> but it needs to get done
1: <laughs> yeah it does and, and I'm always like I'm I suppose I'm pretty empathetic like i I know how people feel about things and it may be you know mundane and um know yeah, not that not that sort of populist or high high profile but I, it still matters to people it makes like a difference. Cool.
0: You take away people's yeah. road rage, and people are a lot happier.
1: Yeah, and also just for the safety of the kids, like you know, God forbid something happens to a kid leaving a school, and if someone brought this to my attention, you know, the week before, and I hadn't done anything about it, um, or at least tried, yeah, I mean that that would be just horrible. So, I'd, yeah, and I, I've got kids myself, you know, I'm a parent. I know how frustrating and how dangerous some situations can be. So, yeah, it's um, it, it's something that I. I don't mind at all. That's part of the job, but it's not only just something that I see as ticking a box and moving on. Um, I really want to see change. Like, I really want people to feel as if something's being done because there's nothing worse than going to see someone about something and nothing getting done. Um, that's, That's almost just as frustrating as, you know, anything else. So I've always, but I'm always up front and I always say, look, we're a minor party. This is what we'll do. Um, I'll say exactly what we'll do and we'll get, we'll hear back from the government. And if nothing happens from there, then we'll try this course of action, we'll do this. But sometimes, Ash, like, you know, there's just some things just out of your hands and you can't, you can't fix, <laughs> yeah. you can't fix everything. Um, and I'm very clear about that. But I always say that we'll, I know we'll we've had, had that
0: conversation before where it's like, no, it's a slow march to progress. Oh, it's like, oh, incredibly. do we
1: have to? <laughs> <laughs> incredibly slow. And, um, yeah, it's it's you just have to be persistent, you know, and that's the hardest part, I suppose, for people to realise. You have to be patient and persistent with governments and change. Um, but you know, we will we always keep chipping away, and yeah, we do have we do have some wins. Um, yeah, which is which is good.
0: Well, you guys helped us win again the the let us let us speak campaign.
1: The, the gag laws was a big yeah. one, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 and and that but if that wasn't for like you know your advocacy, Nina. Advocacy and the whole campaign in itself, but it also um, doesn't
0: happen without the support of MPs and, and MPs yeah. being involved in that. I mean, the public and campaigners can only do so much if politicians aren't listening.
1: Yeah, yeah, and how good was that? that that's a that was one of the, probably the proudest moments that we've had in the chamber. Was just you know having that that law enabling you know, survivors to speak about um, you know what what's happened and to speak names. Should they choose to, um, yes, there are people that don't want to do that and that's fine. That's completely fine. But there's a lot of people out there that do um, and they should be able to do that. So, yeah, I was so, so happy for you when, when that passed.
0: I think we're all really happy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, we won we an Australian of the Year out of it, so that's not a bad outcome out either.
1: <laughs> Good on you. And it goes to show you that voices do work, you know. Uh, people often say, oh, what can I do? Um, yeah, speak up, you know, by all means, speak up, do a petition, um, get a group together. It works. Like, these things do work. Um, Don't don't just complain about it behind the scenes or, you know, all of that. Actually do something about it, which is what, you know, you did and Nina and lots of other people did. You know, they got on board the whole campaign and they followed and signed up and made their voices heard.
0: We did. Very loudly and annoyingly yes. to some people.
1: <laughs> so Sometimes got, people need to be annoyed.
0: <laughs> yes, they do. I was, I wanted to ask this question about how, Hmm. how should I word this so it doesn't come out? Um, when, what's your advice for people who want to reach out to an MP about something, whether it's their local or otherwise, Um just are interested in becoming a bit more politically active yeah
1: just research who your local MP is Um, and if if you know their policies or their um, beliefs align similarly with with your own um, just reach out drop them an email make a phone call most politicians um, are happy to meet with people whenever they can so you know don't think you're impeding or anything like that I'm more than happy to speak with anyone who wants to have a chat um, about anything whatsoever. It could be even, you know, how do I become a politician? And I don't care if you want to be a politician for the Labour Party or Liberal or whoever. Um, I've had I've had plenty of conversations with people about being, you know, becoming a politician um, with the Darren Hitchis Justice Party, mm. and which is great. I'm happy to talk them through that. And sometimes at the end of the conversation, they, you know, they think, oh maybe my policies are more aligned to, it could be the Liberal Democrats or it could be to the Greens. So that's completely fine. You know, look, I'm not here to, to judge or, or stop anybody from doing what they want to do. That's quite the opposite of what I see my role as being is I'm, I'm here to help. You know, and if that's something you want to do with your life, that's great. So yeah, reach out, do do some research, really look at the policies though, I've got to say like, have a look at each party's website, and just see, you know, what are these people about? You know, and even if it's independence, what are they about? What do they stand for? Um, and if that aligns with what you believe and stand for, like that phone call, drop them an email, meet up.
0: Awesome. And I have like one final question because this is like a big thing that I've always wondered about. Okay, things can obviously get heated in, in the sitting room and, and things don't, at least from what the public see and know about, it kind of looks like sometimes things are just not going super well between everyone. So I'm curious, outside of the sitting room, do MPs get along? Do you talk? Do you hang out?
1: Do you know, or, or, the, or is
0: it like schoolyard clicks?
1: Uh, it definitely schoolyard clicks. Absolutely schoolyard clicks. Yep. Yeah. And um, at the very beginning, um, as a crossbench, there were 11 members of the crossbench. There are 12 now with Adam Somurek joining our ranks. Um, at, at the very beginning, we we did catch up quite a lot on like a Wednesday or a Thursday night just to have a few drinks around the parliamentary precinct there. Then COVID sort of struck and that, that sort of stopped a few things. But also during that time, yeah, we had a lot of contentious bills that came up, a state of emergency. Um, there were a few... Um, Sort of social justice-related bills that that really splintered a lot of the crossbench as well, and some people did find it hard to catch up for a drink afterwards. Um, They took they took a lot of things personally um, through that that period of time, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, But yeah, for myself, I get along with with pretty much everybody there. I'm more than happy to sit down and have a beer with whoever it is. You know, I see it as a, I suppose. being in the chamber is a bit like being on a football field. You know, as soon as you cross that line, you engage in a in a game, um, in a com, you know, competitive sort of spirit, um, and you're batting for your fielding for your side. And and then, but as soon as you step outside that that chamber, outside that white line, then um, you know it should be a matter of shaking hands and agreeing to disagree. And, you know, we're all we're all human. Um, That's a kind of, really yeah. excellent metaphor. Yeah, yeah, but that's, well, that's the way I sort of see it, and and it it, it works. Like I've got to say, no, like Sam Ratnam for the Greens, like we disagree on a lot of things, but um, she's very like outside the chamber. She's she's happy to help with you know questions that I might have about procedure in the chamber. She's more than happy to help me out through that. So yeah, there are some you know, really genuinely nice people in there, um, despite the fact that I disagree with a lot of how they vote and what they say doesn't mean that I need to disagree with them um, as a person or not not like them or respect them as a person.
0: That's a really important distinction. Like just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I hate you Mm. and that I want bad things for you and that I think you deserve bad things.
1: No, no, not at all. (laughs) No, not at all. We're all human. You know, we're all sharing this world, this earth. You know, deep down we all want the right thing by ourselves and our families. Uh, it's just that we have different ways and wants of going about, you know, that type of, um, that type of lifestyle for, for each person. But you've still got to respect that, you know, It's if it's religious or whatever. You know, if people want to practice a certain religion or eat a certain way or whatever it is. You've got to respect what they want to do.
0: I really want to say a big thanks for hanging out with me on here to do this because these are questions I've had and I've really wanted to, like, email a couple of the MPs and ask them, but I was like, oh, I'm not going to get a response on this. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, because I think it's really, I think it's kind of important to peel the curtain back a little bit on on what happens in Parliament because it's complicated and we're not taught about Parliament at school.
1: No.
0: I don't know if they're doing it now, but my generation wasn't and we're the current adults in the world.
1: Mm-hmm. And yep.
0: I think it's really important that we know a bit more about how to engage and and get involved. And I appreciate yeah. your time today. Look, Ash,
1: yeah, I love your work, and um, yeah, I love your love your podcast and what you do, and you know that um, have done for a long time. And um, yeah, I'm happy to to talk and be here and answer questions. Whoever wants to ask me anything, feel free to drop me a line, and I'm more well than happy to have a chat.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much, Stuart. Good on you, Ash. Thank you for listening to the Feminist Radical Podcast. My name is Ashley Ray and if you would like to connect with me on social media, please do because that is where we get a lot of questions and conversations happening before, during and after the show. You can connect with me on Instagram at The Feminist Radical or on TikTok at Feminist Radical. I'm also on Twitter at Nerdy Pioneer. You can also email me at hello at ashleyray.com. I can't wait to connect with you, meet you and hang out with you. Uh, you can also check out the Patreon community if you would like to support this podcast. consider becoming a patron. There's a few really cool benefits to that. Uh, Go check it out. Links are all in the show notes. Have an amazing day or night, wherever you are in the world. Bye!